welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. My name is Amy McDonald. I'm a yoga teacher and yoga business coach. I am so glad you're here. Enjoy 45 minutes of training for you and your yoga business. Hey folks, it's Amy McDonald here. Welcome back to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast all week long. I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Nicole. We are talking about spiritual leadership and what that means as business owners. Welcome back, Nicole. Thank you so much, Amy. I'm so excited to be back. Yesterday, we got to talking about essentially like spiritual leadership 101 and why uh, it's important, what some of the misconceptions might be and what you and I think might have been some of the reasons that yogis and and holistic practitioners, heart-centered entrepreneurs might shy away from the role of leader. One of the things that we talked about was this idea of people pleasing and wanting to keep people happy, which makes sense to me, I guess, because if you think about it, we've, for most of us, we have started these businesses, um, whether it, whether we're a massage therapist or a life coach or a yoga teacher, but we've got into this work because we want to help people. And so arguably we could maybe have a, a little bit of a predisposition to misaligning into people pleasing. I want to help people, which can show up a little bit sometimes as to the expense of my own needs. Mm -hmm. And, and so today I'd love it if we could take our focus more towards this idea of spiritual leadership and the importance of, or what is the difference between being liked and then being respected? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We did speak yesterday about people pleasing and how when we're when we're in this place of trying to make everyone happy there's no way we can be a leader because everyone's going to have their own idea of what of what they like <laughs> everyone yeah. has their own set of likes and dislikes and so as long as we're trying to please everyone around us we're just completely setting ourselves up for not only failure but pro- probably craziness you know our own <laughs> internal run around of trying to please everyone and twisting ourselves i like the um one of my mentors once gave me the image of those animal balloons, you know, where you twist the balloon yes, and yes. you twist your head and the arms and the legs. And it's like, if I'm people pleasing, you can bet I'm twisting myself into one of those balloons and it doesn't feel very good. You know? <laughs> it's quite uncomfortable and doesn't really get me anywhere except for all twisted up. Um, and then we spoke about wanting people to like us, you know, mm-hmm. and how it's not just about pleasing others, but really like, do you like me? And how, how can you lead when the primary question is, do you like me? Because being a leader usually requires that you make decisions that some people are not going to like. So the question of being liked versus being respected, I think is a really important one for those of us who are maybe starting to get serious about our role as a spiritual leader. Maybe we didn't think of ourselves as leaders before, but after yesterday's podcast, you might be thinking to yourself, oh, well, maybe I am a leader in my field and maybe there is something for me to take seriously in this question of spiritual leadership. And then, okay, if I'm putting that into practice, what does that mean practically? And how do I struggle with this question or approach this question of being respected versus being liked? So what is the difference then? What does it, to your way of thinking, what does it mean to be respected? Oh boy, what a question. What does it mean to be respected? (laughs) Well, I can tell you that, I can tell you who I respect and maybe that's a good way 
to think about what it means to be respected. I most respect people who know who they are, mm. who know what they want, and who know what, what they're willing to do to get what they want. Mm. And who do all of that in a principled, you know, a spiritually principled way. Mm. So it's not just Machiavellian in terms of, well, the ends justifies the means, you know, mm. I know what I want and I'm willing to go to any lengths, <laughs> including lie, cheat, steal, manipulate, whatever to get yeah. it. But I know what I want and I know what I'm willing to do to get it. And that includes, you know, what I'm willing to do includes my principles and I'm not willing to violate my spiritual principles, but I am willing to go to any length to, to really um, create or, or get what it is I say that I want mm. as, or and not only what I want, but what I believe is best for the group. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, and that for me, those are the people who I respect. So then I have to think how that applies to me, right? And and am I a person who knows who I am and knows what I want and has a vision? And am I aligned with that living in alignment? And if if what I'm trying to do is be liked, then probably I'm not able to really live my vision out because that's those are not the same thing, being liked versus being respected. No, and in fact, and I think you can be, and I think it's not just about the, it can be about outcomes as well as about personalities or people. Like I can, I, people often say to me, look, I don't like it, but I can see where you're coming from. I'll agree to what you've said, even though I don't really like it, because I understand that, I understand why we've ended up at this point. And so for me, that's like they respect me and my boundaries, even though they may not like a decision, but I don't feel that they dislike me as a person. Mm-hmm. And I think if we, I know in business, if we bring this idea of spiritual leadership to business, often in an adversity or in conflict, that that can be the end point, that the person that you're negotiating with may not like the outcome, but they doesn't mean they, but they actually respect you more for it mm-hmm. because of your leadership qualities, because you brought, like you were talking about, it's essentially, you know, we're talking about sort of the yamas here you brought that to the table and you committed to reaching your goal with those very much at the fore. Right. Yeah. So, but if we come back to what do you think it is that people are so frightened about, about, about being disliked? What's the scares us so much about being disliked? Well, it's a good question. I mean, I guess for most of us, we're all social creatures. We, I think there, a lot of the research on this says that we need, you know, we're social creatures. We need each other to survive, especially, you know, biologically, (laughs) especially before we lived in this very modern society, we needed people to survive. We needed community. Not, you couldn't, kill all your own food or, you know, you can't farm all on your own. So we're inherently social creatures. So we want people to like us. It's one of the ways that we Ah, keep ourselves safe. I think I I don't remember where I can't (laughs) cite this. I know I read about how the desire to be liked is kind of fulfilling, uh, um, what's it called? Like a biological requirement for survival, you know? Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Talk about fight or flight and how, how we survive. We need each other to survive. But what obviously happens with all of these, you know, good things turned 
good things gone awry is that we make um, being liked, you know, a, a higher ideal than maybe some other things like standing in our own principles or standing in our own power. We talked a little bit about power yesterday. Yeah. What does it mean to stand in our power? Or we fear taking a leadership position because we're afraid we might offend someone or making a decision that not everyone is on board with. And so there's always this a little bit of tension, probably healthy tension. I mean, you don't want to be the kind of leader who doesn't give a shit what anyone thinks of you. I mean, that's kind of, like I said, Machiavellian where the ends justify the means, but you could be a leader who's concerned with the well, welfare and well-being of the people who you're leading and at the same time, not be overly concerned with if they like you, yes. you know, if they approve of you, if they yes. love every single thing that you're doing, because that's just impossible. It's never going to happen. So I guess we're afraid because on some level, we likability helps us to survive. <laughs> yeah. You know, on the other hand, likability can make us twist ourselves into that um, animal balloon shaped object where <laughs> we're not able to lead uh, anyone else, much, much less ourselves. Um, I don't know if you, if you've experienced that, but I think that might be part of it. What else do you think would be reasons why we're, we're so afraid of not being liked? Well, I think it's, uh, I think part of it, you know, one of the, one of the phrases I like to use with my clients is what other people think is none of my business. I think if oh, we're yeah, looking I for, that all the time too. <laughs> if, yeah, I think if we're looking for validation beyond ourselves, I mean, that's that sort of you know, the Buddhist term, like that hungry ghost. It doesn't matter how much you get, it's never going to fill you up and that you need to part of the work of being practitioners is that we need to be able to find that within ourselves for ourselves like I am enough because I am here I have my inner flame or whatever metaphor you want to use but but that spark of divinity in me um, gets to be what reassures me and reaffirms me and justifies me and validates me and I don't need to get it from beyond myself like you said though not to the point to to be um, to disregard social feedback, but definitely if I'm always looking for someone else to tell me that I'm okay, mm -hmm. then it's almost impossible to be a, it's impossible to be a leader, I would argue, because yeah, I can't, I, I can't do that for myself. But I think it takes, I think it takes a truckload of courage actually to choose. I would take respect over being liked that making that switch actually takes a lot of courage. I know it has for me. And also it's not something that I just, I didn't just turn that switch over and I was done with it. Like it's, it's an evolution that I'm still celebrating that I'll choose being respected over being liked and understand that the liking can come from within me. That's, that's been a, and continues to be a process for me in my life and business. I love what you just said about um, something you said just brought me here of the most important thing is that I like myself yeah. and that I respect myself. Yeah. And then, like you said, what other people think of me is none of my business. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we don't want to take that to the extreme, but you know, spiritual leadership for me means do I respect do I respect myself? Am I, am I leading in a way that's aligned with what I believe to be true? You know, like you said, yamas, niyamas, what am I, am I leading that way? And that, I think when people do lead that way, 
they do get the respect of others, even if other people don't like them, they at least see that they have a set of principles or beliefs that they're following to arrive at the decision that they arrive at. Whether you like it, okay, you know, that's the jury can be out on whether you like it or not. A lot of decisions that we make or outcomes, we can't even say for sure if it's a good or a bad outcome, right? Only time will tell. But if we used a process where we have principles, we have spirituality, we have integrity in the process, then I think respect is kind of a natural corollary. There's going to be respect. Whether or not you like it, I mean, it's such a subjective question. And I think if we can let go of the need to be liked and focus on respect and spirituality, that's where we're going to set ourselves up for the most success in our own lives, you know, personally, in our relationships and professionally. Yeah, it just makes me think I'm listening at the moment. I'm listening to the Mahabharata and just got through that part where, um, you know, Kunti makes the whoopsie of giving Draupadi to all the brothers as the collective wife. And, you know, they have this thing about, I just think this is classic. Do you want to be liked or do you want to be respected? Because actually deciding that one woman gets five men, not really a likable decision, but they did so much work. You know, they went back to the texts and the teachings and their spiritual principle and the role of the mother in society. And and they talk to all of their elders. And in the end, actually Kunti said, she's got to be the wife of all of the brothers. So everyone, (laughs) whether they, you know, like Draupada, he's like, well, hang on. I don't know if I want my daughter to have five husbands. That's Mm -hmm. a bit whack. But ultimately (laughs) that was, the decision was upheld and respected because it had um, a framework. It had, that they very much it was built on their spiritual principle and when they unpacked it and looked at it all okay this might not be uh common this might not be what most people do and yet it must stand and people did uphold and respect the decision because it was based on spiritual guidance and Mm. and and trusted objective opinion from spiritual mentors and i think if i think about um times in my business when there have been times when I've had difficult situations arise and negotiations with another party that have caused distress for that person. And it's pretty, I mean, I've had some, some pretty good sprays of toxicity in my inbox and on social media when people have not liked the outcome of a situation, particularly, I mean, for folks that are listening, this, I'm sure everybody has had a, had this where it's about terms and conditions, refunds, extending class passes, all of this sort of stuff, discounts, um, and the other person has not liked it at all. And the solace I have been able to find because I knew that I respected myself and how I conducted myself in that situation, that this was the, that I assumed the leadership role based on the agreement that we had in place and whether the person liked the outcome or not, I respected myself and could really take comfort in that because if, if I was looking to be validated as a businesswoman based on the other person's uh, opinion of me in that moment, I would have felt like rubbish. Right. But And but, probably wouldn't got never have gotten the validation yeah. you thought, right? Because if yeah. you sacrifice your own principles for a temporary, you know, kind of head nod from another person, which can just as easily go the other way, it's like you know, at the end of the day, we have to like and respect ourselves. If you're yeah. looking for someone else to validate, it's it's probably never coming. <laughs> Unfortunately. 
or or it's fleeting it's like a, it's like a sugar addiction <laughs> well isn't that exactly what yoga teaches us actually like that that likes are the same as dislikes you know your raga dwesha we, they talk a lot about raga dwesha in my yoga teacher training when raga is attachment and dwesha is repulsion right so really it simplifies down to what do you like and what do you dislike and um my teacher always makes this joke of how you know whenever someone moves into a new apartment they rearrange all the furniture <laughs> everyone has their own opinion of what the furniture should look like everyone has their own likes and dislikes you know and it's they think it's so important and it's kind of silly and a silly example but it's like same thing in business everyone has their own opinions of i like it this way i like it that way oh i don't like it oh i like these terms oh i like this style, whatever it is, I've, it's always changing likes and dislikes. It's like the world that we live in. Mm. Likes and dislikes don't really get us to a place of knowing ourselves or knowing the truth. And if we're talking about spiritual leadership and we want to be leaders who know ourselves, then if we're always guided by likes and dislikes, how could we ever do that? You know, it'll, it'll be constantly in fluctuation as opposed to having principles. Um, which are respected and which we can follow. You know, I think that's maybe what differentiates spiritual leadership is this mm. integration of principles into our, into our leadership. I love that. And something in hearing you share, something that comes up for me is um, if we, if, if it is about principles and knowing or feeling into what's true for us, then one of the things surely that must remain essential for a spiritual leader is making the time for that contemplative practice so that you have time with yourself in that way. Um, and if you're, and if we are, if we, if we decide to exercise the courage to, uh, focus less on external likes and dislikes and more on our own self-respect and truth, we need to sit with that part of ourselves so that it becomes familiar, so that we can hear it more clearly, so that we know what our truth is and we're not so easily blown in every direction by likes and dislikes external yeah. to us. And I suspect, in fact, I know um, a lot of people in my community that I talk to, as their yoga business grows, they abandon their own practice and or, or the time that they would have been on the cushion or reading texts or even on the sticky mat gets con they allow to be consumed by other things. Um, and I know from when we first spoke with each other, Nicole, way back, one of the things I loved that you shared about is that your own um, spiritual practice and how that is such an important part of your business that, that, that having that time with yourself is um, part of what fortifies you as a businesswoman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you just brought that up because I do, I think this comes back a little bit to the integration piece that we started yeah. talking about yeah. yesterday of how do we be spiritual and how do we be leaders? And for me, everything in my life is about integration. So I can't be a spiritual leader if I'm not spiritually practicing yes, yes now what that spiritual practice looks like might always be changing you know sometimes i might have two hours a day sometimes i might only have two minutes a day but i need to have some time in my day where i become um where i open myself up to conscious contact 
with the universe, with the oneness, with the higher power, with the higher self, with whatever you want to call it, to have that conscious contact with, you know, what's true for me and what's true in the greater sense of truth that, you know, mm. um, satnam, satyam that we talk about in, in yoga, what is that truth and, and making time to, to come back to that and mm. things like, um, going on retreat, you know, I think a lot, when one of the challenges for me is now that I'm a retreat teacher, when do I get to be a retreat student, yeah, just, you know, yes, yes. <laughs> these kinds of things of as a spiritual leader, making time to invest in ourselves spiritually and to ask ourselves these questions, you know, these important questions that we're talking about on this podcast. How much time do we get to spend thinking or talking about these things? Mm. Um, not much, which is why I really love the idea of this retreat that we, when mm -hmm. we decided to do this, you know, and we said spiritual leadership, it was like, yeah, how often do we get to ask ourselves and grapple with these questions? Once, you know, once we're in it, we're so in the day to day and the grind that these questions can fall by the side and our spiritual practice can fall by the side as well. And making the time and the priority to come back to that. I mean, for me, that's so important, you know, and it doesn't have to look perfect. It doesn't have to be the same every day, but just consciously making time and making that a priority, I think is so important. Mm. Just in case folks, you missed the very exciting news. Let's tell everybody about our retreat, Nicole, mm. and then we'll come back to this super okay. cool topic. So in case you missed the uh, crazy excited, like, like, like five years old on Christmas day, excited uh, announcement that we made yesterday, Nicole and I are inviting you all to come to the Bahamas with us. Uh, where, uh, what are our dates again in June? Um, it starts at the end of May. There you go. Hold on, I'm getting a date. <laughs> so on the call searches for our exact dates, we're going we to... We are beginning okay. on May 30th, which is a Thursday, the end of May, right after Memorial Day weekend, and we are concluding on June 5th. So it's the very end of May, early June, and it's a full six-day, six, seven-day retreat. Um on Paradise Island at the Shivananda Yoga Retreat in the Bahamas, one of the most beautiful places to do spiritual practice and probably the best place to ask, the, ask these questions and to take time for sadhana, for spiritual practice, and also to do this work around spiritual leadership. And we made it exclusively for yoginis uh, as kind of, as, as to create this kind of safe space to explore these questions and how they relate to us as women and us as spiritual teachers and us as spiritual leaders. Yeah, and so, so Lana Claus said we're going for a week to the Bahamas, fabulous. Uh, where we'll be teaching on these topics. Nicole and I will be your teachers for the week and we will be joined by the, the existing um, teachers at the ashram such that there'll be Shivananda Yoga that you can take part in. There'll be satsang that you can take part in. You'll be beautifully cared for with meals and accommodation. As I understand it, the beach is phenomenal so there's lots Amazing. of time for nature and reflection um and and i think that you know something from today that's really sparked for me is the importance of having that contemplative time and there is i think you were saying this yesterday nicole um there is something very different about being in an ashram environment where where you can i find at least when i'm um 
the ashram I go to, that you can drop into it very quickly, that there is this uh, vibration, that so much work has been done already that you can tap into that collective work and really go deep and take time. Um, it's very potent and powerful. So I, I feel very, very honoured that we're going to be able to share this work with people in such a powerful environment. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said that, Amy. I absolutely, the vibration at the ashram is something that once you're, once you're there, it doesn't take more than a few minutes to realize that you're in a sacred environment in a sacred space, you know, where there is this vibration, there is this energy that's been held there for over, over 50 years. I think they had their 50th anniversary. So there's been an ashram in this space for 50 years. There's a lot of energy there that we get to tap into. And there's also a lot of feminine energy there. You know, the lusciousness of the, the forest and the tropical environment. And there's um, a Durga, Vana Durga a temple there. So, you know, they also got that aspect. But I think that the combination of the work that we're going to do with teaching around spiritual leadership combined with all that the ashram offers as a framework in and of itself makes it so much more powerful. Like if you were ever looking for a spiritual <laughs> reset, <laughs> if you're ever looking for a place where you can, you know, really, really tap into what's going on for you in your life and your business and your, in your spiritual practice and, and ask some of these questions and try and get filled up, I would say this is the place to do it. And I must add, being, I suspect, the more shiver encoded of the two of us, that, of course, it's, this is business training. This, yeah. gets to, this is professional development. You get to put this in your business budget. Mm-hmm. Um, it's oh, part yeah. of you're a better business person. So um, just keep, keep that in mind, folks. <laughs> so maybe, Nicole, for people who are like, well, I don't know about this Shivananda yoga stuff. I don't know if that's for me. What if it's weird and wacky i've never experienced it before i i know what it is i'm so excited about doing some yoga classes there on some kind of deck on the ocean did i see that yeah (laughs) on a deck on the ocean you're right tell us a little bit about the maybe just tell us a little bit about what the yoga asana looks like for people who who might have more of a um more recently sort of developed asana style might not be familiar with shivananda yoga Yeah, sure. So I only became familiar with Shivananda Yoga maybe five and a half years ago. Before that, I did Vinyasa and Bikram and all different types of yoga. And I... I happen to really love Shivananda Yoga. I don't know if everyone else will, but I would say that is pretty classical yoga. You know, you do a pose and you hold it and then you take a Shavasana, which I love. (laughs) I don't know who doesn't love Shavasana, but um, it is, even though it seems like, well, oh, it's classical yoga. People might have ideas around what that means and maybe it's too slow or too meditative. Uh, It's a very, very um, heat building practice and it does make your body very strong. So I really love the combination of the fact that I'm not, like dying in class, trying to keep up or worried about pulling a muscle or whatever it is, but I'm still building strength. I'm still building heat. I'm in tune with my body and they do variations on 12 different poses, you know, sun salutations and then classical asanas, headstand, shoulder stand, forward bend, all, all the good ones with, with variations, of course, that they teach, but it is a very balanced practice. Yeah. So no matter what kind of tradition or discipline you come from, I would say that 
if you come with an open mind about it, you will find that there's a lot to take away from the practice. It's, it's very powerful on many levels, you know, physically, but also energetically. It's a, a big reset. So even if it's not your practice, you know, it's just a week. It's a week of trying something different. I mean, you may be, you may be like me and get hooked, or you may say, well, Shivananda Yoga is not for me, and that's okay too. But at any rate, you give it a try, right? I think it's an incredible practice, and I think there are boons for people to spend a week doing Shivananda Yoga and go back to your own practice. The fact that it does make you slow down and that you can't take for granted something that is actually an asana but that gets used like a transition because you're speeding through everything and that something can become almost like yoga asana can get to the point of being mindless because it's so repetitive and fast. I, I love the particularly in a retreat environment, the opportunity to take a considered, paced, um, physical practice, I think is incredible. And one of the things I love about the Shivananda and, and it, sort of its derivatives is that yoga tradition is the um, integrity and in the teachings. It's not simply a physical practice. And the right. profound um, the profound effects that it has if you are attuned to and available for that sort of receptivity, which I think being in, being in an ashram environment, you are, you, you just are instantly more available to that type of shift. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that Amy, because one of the things that was such a transformative experience for me, um, my first visit to the ashram, which I guess was about five and a half years ago, was the fact that all different types of yoga were being practiced at once in one environment. Mm. So it wasn't just hatha yoga, it was also pranayama, which mm. I mean, the breathing exercises, I don't get to go to too many classes where they integrate, you know, half an hour of pranayama into the into the practice and that pranayama is so powerful, but it wasn't just the pranayama. Then we have meditation twice a day. So mm. you're doing Raja yoga and mind control work, you know, and sitting with the breath and the meditation. And then they also, I think while we're there, there's a beautiful kirtan artist yes. who's going to be performing at night. Russell Paul will be singing. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Beautiful mantras, and he'll be singing. So we'll have bhakti yoga in the evenings, and we'll have the joy and the inspiration of the song. So we get, and then they also teach in the morning. You know, there's the the Vedanta, the philosophy of oneness, that is obviously a very important part of yoga. But all of this is happening at once. And then, of course, you also have Ayurveda. There's Ayurveda. There's an Ayurvedic spa there. You can do um, treatments like shirodhara or Ayurveda massage while you're there. And then there's the food component of a yogic diet. They don't use onions or garlic in their food. So you get to experience, you know, that shift, um, of the food. So it's kind of like you get this immersion of spiritual immersion and all these types of yoga are happening and you get a very, you know, deep conversations around spiritual leadership, which you can write off for your business <laughs> because you are doing business training. So it's like, how lucky are we that we're in a field where we get to yeah, yeah. open our hearts and grow our minds and develop as leaders and develop as spiritual people and yoginis all at the same time. Like how lucky are we that this is our line of work and that this is our life, you know? I mean, I'm so excited to be teaching. This. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think I could get more excited, but turns out I can. Um, <laughs> go take a look at all the information, folks, at amymcdonald.com.au forward slash 
leaving all of the beautiful things that Nicole just described, of course, plus, you know, really we're there to, to take a training about, to hold space for a training about what it means to be a spiritual leader. So if you are at a point where you're ready to grow or you're ready to step it up and test yourself in new ways or really let go of limiting beliefs and patterns and behaviors that you recognize are keeping you stuck. Or even if you're just looking to be around like-minded individuals who are going to celebrate your emergence as a leader rather than criticize or judge you, if you're looking, like Nicole said, to put yourself into a safe space to start testing these ideas and trying them on and practicing what it means to do things like have difficult conversations to do things like tune into that inner respect and inner likability self-worth rather than being so easily uh, uh, swayed by, by what you may perceive to be external conditions. You know, this is really going to be an incredibly powerful week um, from the 30th of May uh, at the Shivananda Ashram in the Bahamas. Again, the link is amymcdonald.com.au forward slash leadership uh we do have a limited number of places um nicole says that if we have more people who want to come if you bring your own tent they may let you stay <laughs> um, right you know we, we can't have everybody so if you want to come along um check out the website uh and see if it's right for you there's a bunch of different accommodation options which will influence the investment level but the um, the ashram website's got great information on all of that. So you can make a great decision for yourself. And we also do have a, a special bonus. If you know that this is right for you, if you're feeling called to come hang out with us, uh, Nicole and I have, uh, added a private session with the two of us. So a private session with coaching session with Nicole, a private coaching session with me as well, um, that you will receive as a bonus if you do register by the 20th of March. So if you already feel that this is a no brainer, yes, please feed me well. I'm going to sleep well. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to do yoga and I'm going to uh, overcome all my stuff to be a spiritual leader uh, in paradise. <laughs> Sounds quite good. Um, and so if you know it's for you, jump in sooner rather than later so that we can gift you some additional coaching support, which you can use upon your return from retreat so that you know, do you, ha do you want to tweak what you learned? Do you need to role play some things? Is there a particular scenario that upon returning from retreat, you'd like some additional support with? Uh, Nicole and I are both qualified coaches. We are uh, desperately lit up by doing this work and, and we'd love to support you even further with those extra, uh, with that extra time with, with, with us to support you on your leadership journey. So if you know that this retreat is something that's right for you, jump in and get yourself the bonus coaching that comes along with your registration if you register by the 20th of March. I'm going to give you the URL one more time so you can shut it down, amymcdonald.com.au forward slash leadership. We'll swing back to our topic of uh, the day, Nicole, in a sec, but is there anything else you wanted to add about this incredible retreat before we move back? I think the only thing I want to elaborate on that you touched on, Amy, is the support of being in a group and yeah. of being with other women specifically who are doing this work and have done this work and who are leaders. You know, there's not that many places that I find for me where I get to be in person with other female leaders who are doing the deal and who are building businesses and building 
um, careers and stepping into their power with all that that entails, you know, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But I mean, this is a process that we don't have to do alone. And I think in this kind of digital, virtual world of online and also, if you're a solopreneur, um, where it's you and your computer, and you know you can be putting amazing things out there into the world, but you can still feel very alone. I know oh. I have moments in my business where I feel very alone. This is an opportunity to to not be alone and to get support from other people who are doing this work and to learn from one another. And what I know from my experience is there's really no better learning than from others who have been there before you or who are on treading the path yeah. at the same time. Yes. So the opportunity to do this in person, I would say really is like a once in a lifetime, once in career opportunity to do this together, to do this work, you know, not just at the ashram, but to do it with me and Amy and to do it with all the other amazing people who are going to be on this retreat, because that's really what's going to give you the empowerment and the support. Super exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I find that in my journey, particularly with the topic of today about being liked versus being respected, you need to have your cooler around you when you have those moments of self-doubt. Because as you start to practice, I know for me, when I started to practice, okay, it's more important that I'm respected here and I understand that they may not like this outcome, but to stick up for myself and what I know to be true, this is the route that I'm going. I needed to have people to turn to and just reassure me and say, no, it's going to be okay. And don't worry about what she says. And just because she, she trashed you out on Facebook, doesn't make you a bad person. Like when your wings are drying in this space, having people around you who are going to back you on it, actually, it's very important. Yes. Very important. And I want to add to that, that I think when we do start to make the transformation of becoming a leader who's not so concerned with being liked all the time and who's really trying to live by these principles and, and by our own truth and what we believe to be truth, um, a lot of people don't like it, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. might experience not just a little backlash, you might experience quite a bit of backlash, especially from the people who are used to you always pleasing them. And they're not pleased anymore. And they liked it when you did everything you could to bend over backwards to please them. And as you grow as a leader and grow in your power and your strength, I think you will find that there can at times be more conflict in the yes. beginning. And having mentors and coaches and peers who say you're doing the right thing, you know, you made the right decision while you're doing it is to me, invaluable. I mean, I would never have been able to grow and to become a leader in my business if I didn't have people telling me I was doing the right thing. When other people were telling me, you know, oh, you know, you're crazy or, oh, you're asking for too much or, oh, you're, you're being a bitch or whatever the things were that they were saying. So that I think is, yeah, you totally hit the nail on the head when you said we, we do need people who are going to keep us on on the path and believing in ourselves because the doubt will come in and other people will try to tell us that what we're doing is wrong mm. yeah I, just so many examples of that come up for me um and i see it in the in the women who come on my uh on, on my business or business building retreat um and mm. in that in fact something that i love so much about these environments is when you put yourself in a spiritual environment with people who are doing similar work to you bonds form like we can't promise this on the sales page but i i would be 
really shocked if people didn't leave with like soul sisters, people that you stay connected with. And it's not just you have that support for a week, but that you have it ongoing. I've, I've still got great connections with people I met on retreat 10 years ago that, you know, that, that, that we did that work together and that they've, they've got my back if I need it. Yeah. Yeah. Soul sisters and potential business partners or potential yeah, clients or potential coaches. I mean, I think in our, in our world, things are so fluid, you know, someone's a client, then they're a partner, then, and you know, you're the client. I mean, this stuff is always changing, right? And, and who better to partner with than other people who are doing the same work. So yeah, I'm excited to see what comes out of this. I wouldn't be surprised if some great ideas and spiritual leader type, you know, I don't know, courses, masterminds, who knows what comes out of this. Yeah. Yeah. All while we sit on the beach and eat beautiful food. Yeah. And maybe have a spa treatment. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So folks, uh, check it out. amymcdonald.com.au forward slash leadership. Nicole and I will be back again tomorrow for episode number three or five of this conversation about spiritual leadership, getting down into the detail even more with some tools and techniques. Uh, I'm just wondering though, Nicole, before we do finish up today, for people who are like, yeah, you know, I recognize that I have made it a priority to be liked rather than respected. What, if you got an idea about a technique or something as a starting point to begin that journey of making being liked less important? Well, I, um, that's a great, great question, Amy. One of the things I tell my clients is to start checking in with yourself all the time and Mm. before, before making any kind of commitment, before making any kind of decision, you know, someone asks you, Hey, can you do this at 4 PM? Instead of saying yes, you just say, let me get back to you on that. Or so-and-so says, can you come to this event? Can you come to my party? Can you teach? Can you substitute teach? Can you pick up this workshop? You know, can you make dinner? Whatever it is that you're asked, just take a pause and check in with yourself. Is this something I really want to do? (laughs) Is this something that is really good for my business? You know, whatever the question is, if if it's a business question and you're trying to run a spiritual, you're trying to be the leader in your spiritual business, is this right for my business? Or if it's a personal question, is this right for me personally? Mm. Starting to just cultivate more inner awareness of Mm. what do I want versus if you're a people pleaser or always trying to be liked, you might be you might be saying yes because you think the other person wants you to do it. So just changing your orientation to, is this something I want versus is this something that's going to make them like me? And that's a practice that has to be um, practiced all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that's a really good first step. That's something I give, I give my clients as an assignment, you know, constant checking in with yourself, not saying yes right away to things, taking that pause. Yes. To, to check in. I don't know. Do you have any, do you have any tips that you give? People that would any? be, that would be the same one. Um, that, I love that too. And it, it makes a, a incredible difference, but, and the, the starting point to emphasize is simply not committing to something in the moment. I know I, my default is I just immediately think, can I accommodate it in my schedule? And if I can, I'll say yes. But then, right. so for me, I need to do that. Wait, consider, do you want to be that busy? Does that give you enough time for yourself? So I love that, that the starting point is simply to say, let me get back to you or let me just check my schedule or 
I'm, I'm not sure I need to talk with someone, but it, it's not that you're saying no, but you're just giving yourself some space. I think is yeah. If you, if we all do that more often, massive, massive difference. Yeah. Huge. I love that. Can I get back to you? You know, mm. so simple and it can buy you so much time and make all the difference. It, it, takes us out of the reactivity, like you yeah. said, of yeah. always wanting to say yes or always wanting to accommodate. Yeah. You know, like you said, maybe I could accommodate it in my schedule, but do I really I want, want to? Or is yeah. it really what's best? Is it a priority? You know? Yeah. yeah. So yes. Can I get back to you? <laughs> the big, t- it, it sounds so, don't you, it's like so much of coaching is like this though. It sounds so simple and yet it's the things that we don't always do. We'll make, we'll make a profound, like Ujjayi Pranayama. Ain't nothing complex about it except it will change your life. Yeah. <laughs> this stuff, I mean, when I, in my coaching, I always say like the most mind blowing things that can really change everything are so simple, simple. These small little things, but you start doing them every day and it makes the biggest difference. And sometimes it's so mundane, but it, ends up leading a huge, huge shift in, in how you just go about your life, you know, and what is, you know, life is just made up of all these little decisions that we're making and all, all our little conversations and it's made up of all these small mundane moments. But when you start to change your orientation from one of pleasing others to one of pleasing yourself <laughs> and yeah. respecting yourself, really like what, a, I mean, what a powerful transformation that can be. Totally. Love it. Yeah. Folks, more from Nicole and I about spiritual leadership tomorrow. Thanks so much for being with us and we'll speak with you again soon. Thanks, Amy. I hope you enjoyed that fabulous yogi superstar. Want more from me? Subscribe to this podcast or follow me on Insta at Amy Yoga Biz Coach. Talk again soon.